Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, this is your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. I'm once again delighted to be joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Dittmar on Twitter, that is at AnthonyDittmar underscore, and Joe Farrow on Twitter, that is at SwampDragonStan. How's it going, guys? It's been a while since we've spoken. Oh, it's actually been... Uh pretty okay it has been a while had a nice little little christmas break but i'm glad to be back and recording again 100 the nets took a little break we took a little break was waiting for some nets to pile up i entered health safety protocols but we're good now full <laughs> <laughs> week uh say the last did you guys have a good christmas i know anthony you were under health and safety protocols like you said so it's probably a little different than usual yeah, I was all self-isolating. Didn't even have to spend it with the fam. Going to spend it this weekend with the fam. Pretend New Year's Day is Christmas Day. So we're kind of going go down that route. So that's what we're doing. Bro, but- no way. My family is doing the exact same thing. My mom was in health and safety protocols as well. So we're doing the exact same thing. Uh, New Year's Day is our Christmas this year, too. Yeah. <laughs> we figured, they said, though, we're not going to open a single present without you. So that's what we decided to do. But I'm glad to hear your mom's doing better. Yeah, yeah, she's good. She uh, they, she got tested like five times within seven days, and she was negative every time. They said it was the flu. So okay, false good. health and safety protocols, I guess. Non-COVID illness. Yeah, non-COVID illness. The Or a.k.a. the Nick Claxton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we finally got some Nets basketball, which we uh, touched on. But before we go into the Nets, Anthony... Start us off with around the league, kind of big news that's been going 
So the biggest news, I guess, for everyone, not just the NBA, but just like the United States in general, the CDC changed their rules in terms of like calling it the self-isolated and testing positive for COVID. They changed it from 10 days to five days for those who are asymptomatic. There's a bunch of other guidelines on it, but basically like the, the, the portal for players to come back has gotten shorter. I don't know if that led to certain people coming back sooner or whether or not it is, but that's been pretty big in terms of like how long guys will be out. So let's see how that affects the NBA. Um, Bradley Beal, who's actually in protocols right now, finally got vaccinated because the uh, Washington, D.C. protocols kind of called for it. So you kind of have to do that. We'll see if other players that are not vaccinated decide to follow through. And like always, a lot of star players, it, it would be wasting your time to name every single player that's in the protocols right now. But just know there's a lot of players out right now. It's kind of cool seeing some guys get some looks. We saw like Joe Johnson, Brandon Knight, a lot of other guys that get second chances in the NBA, Greg Monroe. So it's where's, Bra- where's Brandon Knight? I think he went to Dallas, I want to say. Oh I'm, just guessing. I'm pretty sure I saw the Mavericks. He was at the Nets Summer League this year, though. And he looked awful. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what I was saying. Who the hell gave him a chance? I mean, everyone's getting 10 days. Um, the only person who didn't get one was Jamal Crawford, which is a little upset about. But he got hurt in one at quarter for the Nets in the bubble. So I'm not too sure how long his body has on him. But, yeah, well, it's cool seeing some old heads get some chances. And a lot of G League guys kind of get, getting to prove themselves. I think the NBA set the record now for the most players playing in a single season ever. Uh, yeah. We're only halfway through, not even. So pretty interesting seeing that going on around the league. Yeah, there was uh, – I saw some people on Twitter calling for Dirk Nowitzki to get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's like – I'm sure Dirk would have done the same. I don't know. This isn't basketball related, but you heard like uh, how the Saints had asked uh, Drew Brees – to come back yeah. this week and he sent them he sent them back a picture of him playing golf in hawaii but like, i feel like dirk, i feel like dirk would have done the exact same thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, that legend that. status that you don't tarnish your career with that it's kind of for guys that kind of like right. dip out or trying to come back in like you don't have a good d-wade or a dirk Nowitzki or like a tim john can do that yeah right. yeah yeah, just kind of following off what Anthony said. So the NBA responded to that CDC rule change. They were discussing it. I believe it was like Thursday and Friday. And then they finally finalized it. I want to say it was Monday. I don't remember the exact timeline. But so now the NBA cut down from 10 days to six days. But you must be asymptomatic, vaccinated, and meet other testing standards, whatever that means. But that is what the NBA release um kind of getting a little more lenient um i think it's kind of in reaction to the frustration that's been going on with the nba players i don't know if you guys have noticed it but i have obviously that lebron james instagram post that went viral um there was forget the post because the post was stupid but there's a lot of comments of nba players that were agreeing with him then I even saw some players on Twitter tweeting stuff about it. Uh, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is one of them, but I think his frustrations were different than LeBron James meme. But just in general, so it's a way for players to come back sooner. Most of the NBA players, it seems, have been asymptomatic. So, and it's also another incentive for that last three or two percent or whatever it is to get vaccinated. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, what I I think what like people like took for LeBron's post, I agree, was like not was taking like he shouldn't be using his platform from that. I think it was just basically like he was trying to say in a weird way, like all these symptoms are similar, but it was just not appropriate given the time and period and whatnot. So that's where like, the big outrage came from because like LeBron obviously has the biggest following in the league. So that's kind of like what people were seeing it at. Yeah, 
yeah, you're right. It, it wasn't appropriate, but um, I think how much left, how many more notable names really are there in the NBA that haven't been vaccinated? I mean, obviously Kyrie Irving is one of them, and I know John Isaac is one of them, and like Kyle Kuzma, but now that Bradley Beal has gotten it, I'm not sure who else is left, because I know I Andrew Wiggins is having it. Who? I think Michael Porter. Oh, Michael Porter Jr. Yes, you're right. But he's, out, he's out, like the foreseeable future anyway. Yeah, but right. like most most other guys that should be active, um, I think most of them have it. It's like really only those four that I could really name off the top of my head. Yeah, obviously Kyrie Irving is the big one, and we will see how that progresses. It's kind of been what we've talked about all season since we started the podcast. But jumping right into the Nets Cover players today, we got the news that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Marcus Aldridge were out of health and safety protocols. Um, leaving the next rookies in it. But with those new rules, assuming they're all fully vaccinated, they could be out relatively soon. Um, Probably within the next few days. I believe they yeah. went in. I believe they went in on the 23rd, all of them, right? I think so. No, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was right before Christmas that Thursday. I believe it was the, 20, the 23rd. I think it was, it was the 23rd. Yeah, it was that Thursday when the Nets got their game postponed. That's why the game got postponed because they had yeah. some players come out and then they held rookies go in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I so guess had... in, in theory, they could be back for the Philly game, but they should definitely be back for the game after that. Yeah. <laughs> it's and Kyrie, uh, KD, KD and LaMarcus should be back, obviously, next game. But Nash had also said that Kyrie needs like a closer to one to two, closer to two week ramp up before he could join, before he's going to play. Yeah, it's interesting to note. I don't know if like the Lamarcus Hart thing is going to take any effect, or he'll need a little bit more of a ramp up. We'll see. Like when they announce the like injury report tomorrow afternoon, I would guess it's a Thursday game. But in terms of getting guys back, I wonder if like this in the long run could help the Nets because. They only have four players that haven't gone into protocols yet. You would assume like some of these guys won't go into protocols multiple times, like a two month period. So maybe like get it out of the way early, so it kind of doesn't affect them during the home stretch. If like it's like a silver lining, obviously you don't want guys to get sick. But if you're trying to get what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's definitely understandable. Because I know, I mean, there was like people talking about the guys in the uh, NFL who have been because the NFL's policy is. If you go into health and safety protocols, even if you're not vaccinated, you don't you're not tested again for another 90 days. So like the guys like Carson Wentz went in today and they said like he's he's one of them who's not vaccinated. And with the new rules, he could all he could be back for their game this weekend. And if he is, then he wouldn't if the Colts even go like towards like the Super Bowl or whatever, like he won't be tested throughout that entire thing. So unless he has symptoms, he's perfectly okay. So I don't know if the NBA is going to adopt something similar to that, where like if you're in protocols, you're not tested regardless for another 90 days. But that that seems to be the case, and at least starting up in other leagues. But the NFL has also changed their protocols like four times in the last like two weeks. Yeah, we the only people that haven't gone into protocols to the Nets are Mills, Claxton, Joe Harris, and Griffin, right? Yeah. 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 So the only names left out for us here on out. Knockwood. Knock on wood. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Kyrie Irving is – the Nets are hosting practice tomorrow. They has been a while. I mean, they did one before the game in L.A. And obviously, Kyrie Irving is eligible to practice. 
with the Nets. There's some rule where he can practice, but he can't play games. Um, I believe, I could be wrong with this, it'll be his first official practice with the team, so that'll be interesting. Um, I guess Nash hasn't seen Kyrie on the court yet. I saw a report with that. So I really think how he looks in these next coming days will really determine how long of a ramp-up it is. I know there were all the reports that Kyrie was ready to play basketball. He was staying in shape on his own, which should help. Um, there's, it's either going to be January 5th or January 12th when we first see Kyrie Irving, in my opinion. So that's definitely something also to keep an eye on. The game the 12th against the Bulls would be, wouldn't be awesome. I'll be honest. That's his first game back. Yeah, that, that would be really cool. Probably, we probably even see Lonzo Ball is probably back by that time. So we'd probably get a fully healthy uh, Bulls team. At that point, too. I'll be at the Bulls game, actually, uh, next Friday in Chicago. So it should be fun. Against really? the Wizards. I'll be seeing Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer. Spencer says. <laughs> yeah, man, Spencer. I don't want to go into that. But... <laughs> Cody's favorite player. Cody's favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways. <laughs> so before we... Off topic into my opinion on Spencer Dinwiddie. There was finally some Nets basketball um, on Christmas Day, nonetheless, against the Los Angeles Lakers. Obviously, it was missing some key players. You're missing Kevin Durant, obviously, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, um, the rookies, and the Lakers had a bunch of players out. But all in all, it was a very fun and entertaining basketball game to watch. And the Nets came out red hot. James Harden in the first, I would say, three quarters looked like the James Harden old before the fourth quarter. I'm not sure what happened there. It was weird. But he was put up an incredible stat line. Obviously, the play of the game was the winning play of Nick Foxton. Um, all in all, it was a good basketball game. Yeah. yeah that, I watched that play probably a solid 50 times, and that's not even an exaggeration. I just kept watching it over and over and over and over again on my phone. That was it was just ridiculous. I had no words for it when he went up, and I was like, I was like, I noticed it was LeBron that it was under him. I was like, oh my god, as the ball was in the air, because Harden threw that thing up high, yeah. <laughs> like that thing, that thing was up there. Clags had to get up to throw that thing down, and then he was pretty far away from the rim. So the fact that he was able to to throw that thing down, and oh my god, that it was uh, <laughs> absurd that he was able to throw that thing down. An amazing highlight. I think Clax's exact words was, it was lit, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> That's exact. They had asked him, like, last week, like, what his two favorite career dunks were. And I believe they were other, like, two other lobs. But And then they asked him after the Laker game. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, no, that one's definitely number one for sure. It was lit. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, just such a Claxton thing to say. <laughs> He's really coming to his own, like in his offensive he team. Like he's like getting he, he's getting his feet under him. He's really becoming a great asset for the Nets. I know we'll get into that a little more, but it is impressive yeah. about the last two games. For sure. And then obviously Patty Mills was once again incredible. Set a Christmas Day record for most three pointers in the game. Yes, I said record for Patty Mills. He hit eight threes in the game, was eight of thirteen, had thirty-four points. Um he had the announcers comparing him to Steph Curry. I don't know if you guys caught that. Um, yeah. Several times. I think it was in the second half. They were calling it Curry-esque. If Steph Curry made that play, he was talking about it all day, showing reruns and highlights of it. 
Let's read another, like Voxton, who's another great piece that has come through with all of this going on with the Mets. Yeah, the thing, the thing is they kept comparing uh, Patty to Steph Curry because of all of the off-ball movement that he was going through during that game, coming off a bunch of screens, knocking down a bunch of pin-down fadeaway three-pointers. It was just ridiculous. Patty's like – he just didn't – it was like rare that he missed a shot. He was just on absolute fire. It looked like, it looked like he was back in the Olympics again. It was, it was unbelievable. The way he was get open for a shot and like get his feet set so quickly with like very little room is the most impressive part. Like he just like sets his body and like you think he doesn't have a lot of room, but he makes himself have just enough to get that shot off. Yeah, and it's just the way he's able to move. To, like you said, the way he's able to move his body, just knowing his lack of size, he has to contort his bodies in certain ways to get that shot off, and he's just a master at it. It's like he does all this extra movement, and when you watch it, it's like, what is he doing? But it goes in almost <laughs> every time. It's amazing. It's like I've never seen anything like it. I'm telling you, he's going to hit a big shot for the Nets in the playoffs to win them a game. I, I, he I'm always kidding. did. He, he has a history of doing that. I think he hit one. What was it? It was a, It was against the Heat, right? When he was with the Spurs. He had some huge shot in that series. Yeah, I'm pretty I mean, sure. Even this, 13 or 14. Even, even this season, it's like every time the Nets get like hit in the mouth, the team makes a run, you wear, what do they do? Patty Mills three. You just know it's going in every time because <laughs> – yeah. It just it seems like every game, oh, the team comes back, oh, Patty Mills just hit three threes in a row and the game's over. I also like I also like it was when uh, the Lakers made that run in the fourth to really start bringing the game kind of close. And Pat, Patty Mills knocks down that three to really shift the momentum. And Ian Eagle yells, good day, mate. As the call, <laughs> I, I lost it. It was so funny, and I was so happy. <laughs> I think if, like – uh, Kyrie Irving was playing this whole season. Patty Mills was a lock for the sixth man of the year award. Absolutely. Like, it was a lock. Like, it would have been no doubt even, about it. I'll one up even. I'll say, even if Joe Harris is playing this entire season, Patty Mills would have been a lock for the sixth man of the year award. Yes, if he was coming off the bench in any, in any regard, like he would. I think just now he's just started way too many games to even qualify for that award. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And by the uh, end of the season, also- that total is just still going to go up because of the home games and stuff. So, yeah. He also had seven assists, which is something we haven't really seen from Patty, even since he's been starting. He's been, I think he's been averaging 18, three, and three. So three assists, three rebounds, 18 points. I want, I saw a stat today. I don't remember exactly. I want to say he's shooting like 47, 40, and 90. He was very close to that 50, 40, 90 threshold that very few NBA players have done. Obviously, it was not for the entire season. It was just since he's been starting. But still, he's been absolutely incredible. And honestly, I'm going to go on a limb and say, when the Nets are in the playoffs, when they're making their push, their run, this little COVID stretch, health and safety protocols, I think it's going to be like the defining moment on where the Nets get to and how they get there. Just how they've all had to come together, pick each other up, next man up mentality, everyone showing that they can play basketball. I think it's going to be huge when they come to adversity later in the season. I think, like, now, like, when everyone's back, I just don't know how you choose who to play and not play. Like, I think almost everyone on the team is deserving of playing time now, and it's, like, going to be so tough to see some guys not even get, like, a real shot. Well, everyone but Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone. But Javon Carter. 
14 of 15. Like, how do you like, 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 if you think about it, you have the big three, you have Joe Harris, they have to play, obviously. You'd assume Claxton's there, you assume Mills and Aldridge. After that, you kind of just like mixing match. Like, how many more minutes do you have to go around? Like, in the playoffs, you play like seven, eight guys sometimes, like maybe nine. And like, if it's like an early round series that you know you're going <laughs> to win, it's like going to be tough. Like, I like, you, you'll see Bruce Brown, DeAndre Beveridge, James Johnson's, Griffins, Millsaps get DNPs. It's nuts. Like uh, Cam Thomas, maybe like like not. There's two not minutes to go around for everyone. The two the two people the two people that like I kind of feel the worst for is probably is probably uh one is Cam Thomas because the guy he was he was he was really starting to come into his own and now I'm not saying he's not going to get minutes but Kyrie Irving coming back and Patty and James Harden there's just so many ball just like there's so many elite ball handling scores that we already have on this team once Kyrie is here that it's just like it's like Cam is gonna have a rough time finding minutes. Maybe yeah at home games he'll definitely he should he should get extent some more run. And then also not that I feel bad for him, but but I feel like Blake has played his way back into the rotation during this stretch. I think he I think he definitely deserves to stay in this rotation. I don't I don't want to see him get DNP'd again because his we're seeing stuff now that we saw from Blake last year outside of like the shooting, which still hasn't been as good as last year, but all the other little things right. he does on the floor seem to be coming back to him. I think he'll stay in the rotation in some capacity. I think Millsap is just the guy you play for like eight, nine minutes. And I think Blake is a guy you really can go 20 plus. And I think Nash, I think this like stretch of Blake being the one constant or one of the few guys constant in the lineup is going to solidify at least like 15 to 20 for him, at least in the regular season. Yeah. Which I'm happy for because it kind of sucks seeing him not play because you know what he, he came to this team for a reason like he didn't come to sit on the bench. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Nets won Christmas and I'm trying to continue the Blake talk. Let's go into the Clippers game where I thought Blake was absolutely amazing, and the biggest difference was the Nets stopped using him as a jump shooter. They put him. More as in, so the Nets' offense was incredibly basic. They would have James Harden at the top of the key, obviously, with the ball. They would have Bruce Brown or Ben Bree or someone come set a screen and just slip it, knowing that Harden was going to get blitzed. They simply bounced the ball to Bruce Brown or someone at the foul line. Then they either had Claxton or Blake Griffin on that like dunker spot on the baseline, and it just resulted in easy baskets time and time again for them. Uh, Claxton was 8-9, and even Blake was 4-8. And because most of them were layups or dunks because they were just – they had a 4v3 every single possession for the most part. And it was all because James Harden was just absolutely putting on an offensive clinic in the game. Yeah, like the way like Harden looked like fresh off the ball, like the way he gets beats his first defender, like once he gets in the second layer of the defense and like you have to make a health defender come off, when you – like you said, having Blake and Claxton crash just creates a whole new lane of offense where like the, the help defender comes off. And you have Blake and Claxton do what they're actually good at. Like Claxton wasn't taking jump shots, but like Blake in particular, like jump shots are supposed to be something he's like complimentary to like keep the, the defenders honest. When you have right. Blake doing what he was doing, making a living his whole NBA career, like we saw him do it in LA, like that's what you need him to do. Like that's the kind of Blake that's like the most efficient. And like then you can like mix it up with a three pointer here and there, not taking eight threes a game. So I think Harden in the Blake lineup, I think is the best option for him. And I, I think when, we're fully healthy having Blake in that second unit, maybe 
with Harden kind of like staggering from those KD Kyrie minutes could be the best thing for him in terms of penetration to the rim. Yeah, I I agree. Blake Blake has really looked amazing, and James Harden. I don't know what more we could really say about him. He's been phenomenal ever since coming back. He looks fast. That's my biggest. Like Harden <laughs> looks fast. They said fat at first. I was like, no, 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 I, no, 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 no. I also thought you said fat. I was like, whoa, Joe, what? No, no, F A S T. We're done with the Harden slander, at least for now. He has <laughs> been he has been so good these last two games. It's like. He it looks like he's a brand new player as to what we were seeing earlier in the year where he just like was indecisive and wasn't really able to get to the rim efficiently. And I mean, granted, in the second game, the Clippers Clippers had nobody, but like still he was able to he was getting ISOs at the top of the key and making two dribbles and then getting a huge burst to the rim. And like you guys said, with uh Claxton and Blake down in the dunker spot with and all the other ways that we were using Bembry and Brown, there was at one point, I think it was early in the fourth quarter. I don't know the final number, but points in the paint, we were outscoring the Clippers by like 30 in that category. So it just shows you how many easy baskets we were getting at the rim outside, like between, between Claxton, Blake, and then Harden, he had a bunch of layups and even threw down a few dunks in that game. So I was, it was, it was very, it was very fun to see. And Overall, my biggest takeaway from the two games that we played ever since coming off this COVID spurt is definitely how good James Harden looks. Hopefully, he could continue it. For sure. Yeah, just to kind of throw in the point, uh, the Nets outscored the Clippers for points in the paint, 74. Yeah, Nets had 74 points in the paint. There were times they were struggling to score and get out of the 90s. They scored 74 points in the paint, and the Clippers had 38, which is absurd. <laughs> Yeah, that's unreal. I, I knew it was an insane number. I think when I had seen it, it was like 58 to like 24 or something like that. And it yeah. it just – they looked great. <laughs> incredible sign is that James Harden had 39 points, as we all know, and he only attempted five free throws, which shows you that he's still an elite scorer. And like I think Joe and we've all said it. Ever since he came back from COVID – Protocols, whatever you want to call it, he's just looked like a much more explosive athlete. I was watching videos when the Nets were off of him in Houston, and I was like, oh man, this player, like, he would be great. Like, where is he? <laughs> and then, sure enough, he showed up. Like, I was watching Houston, I was like, wow, he's got a quick first step. Like, he's getting to the rim at ease. Uh, he's finishing around the basket, which he hasn't been doing at all this year. And then we saw it all against the Lakers. And obviously, really against the Clippers. Uh, that Lakers fourth quarter, I'm going to be honest, James Harden kind of concerned me. He looked timid yeah. And I honestly was more comfortable with Patty Mills having the ball than James Harden in that fourth quarter, which is saying something. But he, he was also probably all, real tired at that point, though. Right. Like, he, yeah, he played a lot. <laughs> yeah, just coming back as well from the health and safety. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that, that's a fair point. Um, but he made me not worry at all after the Clippers game because <laughs> he, the reason that that's one, I mean, yeah, the Clippers were devastated. They basically, their roster, like, it was atrocious. I'm not going to lie. Like, very few NBA caliber players were playing. But James Harden was just by far the best player on the court. Like, it wasn't even close. And he just totally took the game over. And then that's pretty much. 
Yeah, it was honestly a great. Like it was one of those games where like it didn't go to the typical net script. Like you said, like all, all these games were on the big hole with a big lead, we kind of like comes back to normal. This game like didn't really like once we like pushed ahead, it kind of just like steered its course. It got down to like ten maybe, but like other than that, like it the did, net yeah. held, on, held on like pretty strong. Like it never had like the game. I don't think the game was ever in question, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it got down to ten, and then James Harden had that four point play in the corner. And then Patty, and Patty and put Patty. it up to seventeen, and that was the end. Yeah, and that was the game. Yeah, just to kind of go off what Anthony just said, this was pretty much the first game I can remember in a while where the game never got close enough in the fourth quarter. I was like, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> I, I felt pretty comfortable with this game. I mean, obviously it's the Nets, so you can never be too comfortable despite all the wins. But I was fairly comfortable the entire way in this game. It's funny because I was just thinking about it, like kind of random. Like the Nets have had two different teams play last, like this whole COVID thing happened last, like two and a half three weeks. <laughs> like you had the Kevin Durant and Rooks kind of crew, and now you've had like this Harden with role players crew, where it's like two completely different teams besides like a few mainstays. And it's kind of interesting yeah. how like both teams had like their own identity. Like one was like KD like elevating his rookies, and that was just, like Harden elevating the, like the role players. And now it's kind of going to be fun seeing everyone kind of morph into one team again. And then also adding Kyrie Irving. And then in the near future, adding Joe Harris. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like, scary hours are really going to be insane. Their record with those two different teams is 4-1, which is insane. They lost to Orlando, obviously, but that was just... That was that was where that was where KD sat, and it was just Patty and the rookies, right? Yeah, that was like a very barren roster. And we still almost won. It was high game. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like... And yeah, that game was the Golden game one, so the Robin Lopez game. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over that man. Looks like crying Yao Ming. Like he was getting his revenge. He, he was getting his revenge for Brooke. Yeah, yes. I guess that's what'll happen when you're eight feet tall and the next tallest player is six four. So yeah, I'm just kidding. He was Blake. He's like six nine, whatever. But still. Did you? Anyways, I just wanted to bring this up real quick. Did you see after after we beat the Clippers? Did you see what Joe Sy tweeted? I love crypto. (laughs) He said, "I love crypto." (laughs) That was the funniest thing. I was crying. I was like, "Oh, Joe." Well, the Nets have to win the crypto arena. The Clippers and Lakers have zero. So I'm just saying. Yeah, the Nets have the the Nets currently have the most wins in Crypto.com arena history, and the only wins in Crypto.com arena history. Just the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's kind of go through a quick injury Um, So it's pretty much Joe Harris, um, which yeah. he, uh, as of Monday, he was at four weeks on that timeline of four to eight. Um, he has been traveling with the team, which I think is a good sign. There was also optimism that he would be back before that full eight weeks. So we could be seeing Joe this month. Or, sorry, we're not in January yet, but you know, in January. And then yeah, we'll have the, yeah, and we'll have literally the full plethora of players. And like we said, the rotations for Steve Nash is going to be like a nightmare because everyone's going to feel like they should play. Now, it's like, a good problem to have. Right. <laughs> it's a very good problem to have. <laughs> I feel like everyone has bought into the Nets' goal of a championship, so I don't think any egos will get in the way. Um, but still, like you said, it's a good problem to have, but still it's a problem because this team is just so talented, so deep, 
They can play in so many different ways. They can start Aldridge if they want more floor spacing. They can even play KD at the five and start Patty Mills with James Harden, Kyrie, and Joe Harris. They can go big. They can, they can go defense with Bembry and Bruce Brown at the floor at the same time. They can go so many different ways that Steve Nash is going to, once again, hey, Sam, we just have to experiment again and find out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, and I feel like this time the experiment won't be brutal. <laughs> like, now we're gonna have so many options to the point where it's it's right. gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun instead of brutal this time. Because last time they were experimenting by giving Javon Carter twenty five plus minutes a game, and that that was a brutal experiment. This one should be fun. <laughs> I was just about to say, I don't think Javon Carter will be part of this experiment. I'm gonna go out and, and say that now. Um, yeah, I think that Javon Carter will only see minutes after the month of January in garbage time. I'm going to throw that out there now. He will not be a rotational piece for the rest of the season. Hallelujah. You mean after the month of January in, like, Shanghai or something? Yeah, I mean, he might play with some other team in a different country or a different planet. I don't care. There's people calling for Galloway to take Carter's spot on the roster. Honestly, I'm one of those guys who's been saying that because – at least Galloway can knock down an open jump shot. <laughs> yeah. I'm not disagreeing either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys want to kind of make a prediction on our future rotations? I know we kind of touched on this a while ago, but it's becoming more of a reality now. The Nets will have all their players. Um, yeah. I'll, 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 lots of start. I'll start, I guess. So I think my starting lineup is pretty easy. I think you go Kyrie, KD, Harden, obviously. Uh, then you go Joe Harris and you go Claxton. I think Claxton kind of proved he's like, you need that defense in the starting lineup and versatility and defense and switches. I think your first two guys off the bench are always going to be Patty and LaMarcus. I think I take of the big three, I take Harden out first and kind of like have the KD Kyrie lineup come like from like the six minute mark, maybe like the two minute mark. And then I have hard to run with the bench guys. And after you see the KD LaMarcus, I think out of the James Johnson, Blake Millsap crew, I think you need to pick like one or two of those guys tops. I think Millsap, like I said, is going to play a very limited role just because he looks a little cooked. I think he'll just come in in spots where it's a good matchup. And I think you'll still, you'll see Bembry and Bruce Brown kind of rotate depending on who's hot and who's not in certain spots and like maybe matchups. You need more size Bembry. Like I think each one of these guys has like a, a set time to play. And I think Cam really only going to play the home games where it's like absolutely necessary. When you have Kyrie, you need some scoring or like there's a guy out of the lineup, like, I think there's seven locks, and then the rest, it's, like, one of two guys between, like, those groups, like the like that I stated before. And I think Carter's out of the rotation. And sadly, like, the, the Kessler Edwards, David Dukes, and Sharps are just not going to see time just because there's too many guys in this roster. Yeah, I mean, mine That's is – exactly mine. Mine is exactly the same, like, nothing different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all definitely going to be the same. Obviously, you have the big three, you have Joe Harrison. I'd, yeah, I'd probably start Claxton. And then you have Patty and LaMarcus off the bench. And then, I mean, if you, you're probably going to end up playing 10 guys total a night at least. And then that's the other three are probably Blake, Bruce, and Bembry. So those are probably, that's probably like the 10 total that I'd have. But yeah, not, not much different than what you've got going on. Yeah, I think the Nets kind of ran Anthony's rotation last year where Harding came out first and Kyrie went out and got buckets and those two came out kind of together. And then Harding, as we've seen these last two games, is more than capable of playing 
with the role players and elevating their game while still scoring himself and keeping the bench afloat, especially if he's surrounded with guys like Patty Mills, um, Bruce Brown. I love Bruce Brown, Benbury playing with Harden because they cut so well off the ball and Harden always finds them. It's really just beautiful basketball to watch. I'm even going to throw out that the Nets might run with the Los Angeles Lakers lineup up tonight where they have LeBron James playing center. And I think the Nets might not start, but they might play some Kevin Durant minutes at five with the lineup I said before. And this is the extreme Houston offense of when they're playing TJ Tucker at the five and then they're running with all shooters. So Nets could throw out. How do you go to lineup with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, and Joe Harris? Like, how is that even possible? You don't guard it. Yeah. You can't. You like, yeah, like they're gonna struggle on rebounding. Maybe I mean, KD's obviously six eleven is a fairly good rebounder. He's kind of thin. He can't guard traditional big. Harden's a good rebounder, but I just like, can you imagine a Nets Warriors game where like the Nets have that lineup out there? Then the Warriors have like Steph, Clay, like Wiggins, like like Jordan Poole, and then Draymond Green, like all the yeah, shooting yeah. that's on the court. <laughs> or like, it'll, yeah, it'll. So a whole three-point contest. That'd be fun. Saying, like, yeah, so I hope that that's – I don't think they're going to start that. I don't think they're going to close with that lineup unless they're playing a very small team. Obviously, you can't go that against like Philly or really Milwaukee unless you're really trying to blitz their bigs out of the game, especially Milwaukee. But just in some spot moments, I hope they throw it out there just because it would be so fun to watch. Not even from like a winning perspective, it would just be such a fun basketball to watch with all of the offense on the floor. Totally agree. That'd be insane. Um, all right, let's look ahead. Let's get our predictions in for the rest of this week. It's been a while. Um, so obviously, Thursday, we have Philly, which I am incredibly excited for. I am going to the game, and I am actually sitting with the Brooklyn Brigade, so I will be there. Next time you guys hear from me, I hopefully won't have a voice. If I do, that means I didn't do my job. But anyways, and then we play the Clippers again on Saturday. Um, the next week, yeah. I'll go first. Yeah, I'll take. Uh, right. I'll take. Uh, I'll take wins in both. All right. I'm not going to ask Anthony because I know he's taking wins in both. I'm taking wins in both. <laughs> he's like, I want to take wins in both, but like I'm behind you guys, so I can't just make the same picks. But I'm going to take wins in both right now, and I'll, I'll make up my games later in the season. <laughs> but I just think the Clippers game is going to be another absolute blowout. You know, Paul George won't be back. Obviously, Kawhi won't be back. And then they throw the slew of players out. And the Nets should be almost fully healthy besides Joe Harris and Kyrie. So, yeah. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we close here? Scary hours are upon us, my friends. <laughs> Scary hours shall commence very, very soon. I want to see a stretch of like the Nets full roster play. Cause I've been sick. We've had James Harden for almost a year now. I want to see everyone play. So let's get an extended stretch. I know Kyrie won't be there for the home games, but at least for the away games. I know we have like seven out of our next line of home, but when we have the four game road trip, let's see some fun basketball. That's it. I agree. Well said. All right, guys. Everyone, thank you for once again tuning in to the Sport Ethos Nets podcast. This is Cody Mallory. I was joined once again by Anthony Bitmar and Joe Farrow. As always, please comment, like, subscribe, follow us, tweet at us, interact with us, ask us questions. We love the fan interaction. It's really what we live for. And as always, let's go next. Scary hours coming soon.
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.